You're listening to the Bay Christian Family Church Podcast. Praise God, you may be seated. Open your Bible at Luke chapter 24. Jesus came to the earth as a man. He is God, John chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Verse 14, that Word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. Friday, we had a look at the power of the gospel as to why he had to do that as a man. And we saw that man was created in the image of God. God's full intention was to enjoy his family. As his children, he created earth in the image of heaven. Everything that he spoke came out of his inner being just as much as heaven. And the reason I say that confidently is because, as I've said before, if you created a fish, what would you create for that fish to, work, to live successfully in? That would be water. Why? Because that's the environment that sustains its life. Well, you are created in the image of God. The word says, let us create man in our image. The word literally says you're the offspring of God, born of God, born of His Spirit. In other words, you are born in the God species. He is God. There is only one true sovereign living God, but you are His son and daughter, born in His very image. And so for us to live in that image, to live and be sustained as a fish would require water, we would require an environment equivalent to heaven. And so God created this earth and had Adam never sinned, he would still be alive today. And we know that And Jesus said, no one takes his life except he lays it down. He came to demonstrate the kingdom. He lived that life. And he came as a man, as you know, sin had happened. Adam had submitted to Satan in high treason, handed the whole creation over. Satan had deceived him into stealing that, hijacking it. And of course, God declared that there is one coming that will destroy everything you try to do here. And then as we saw that, the the word says, had the princes of this world known, they would never have crucified Jesus. But God had hidden it in a mystery. And Satan did. He made sure that Jesus was crucified on that cross. And the moment he died, the moment he was put on that cross, he died for your and my sin. And in that moment, he said, it is finished. It took the full brunt of sin and everything that sin had caused, whether it's the whole curse, whether it's sickness or disease, poverty, lack, depressions, anything that Satan could possibly bring against the human. Jesus destroyed on the cross when he said, it is finished. They laid him in a tomb. and Satan thought he had it. He thought he had got this word in a human off the planet. But God's plan was hidden in a mystery. Three days later, he rose from the dead. And he walked out of that tomb. And as the disciples went to the tomb, they found an empty tomb. And they were amazed. And the angel said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? 
She had, they, they had never experienced something like this. That Jesus said after three days he would be raised. And yeah, they find an empty tomb. And so they're still shocked and amazed and they're trying to rationalize this, trying to process it, trying to figure out what happened. And yeah, we pick up in Luke chapter 24, two disciples are walking along a road in verse 13. Behold, two of them were traveling that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was seven miles from Jerusalem. And they talked together of all these things which had happened. And so it was while they conversed and reasoned that Jesus, everyone say that Jesus, that Jesus himself drew near and went with them. <laughs> but their eyes were restrained and they did not know him. And he said to them, what kind of conversation is this that you have with one another as you walk and you're sad? And the one whose name was Cleopas, Cleopas answered and said to him, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem? <laughs> have you not known the things which had happened there in these days? Evidently, this was not news contained just to the disciples. Everybody knew about it. The whole city knew there was an empty grave downtown. Hallelujah. And everybody's talking about it. And yeah, Jesus is asking this couple of these two disciples, uh, what, what's happening? Yeah. And they're saying, have you just arrived? It's like, welcome to planet Earth. And so the news is out there. And so verse 19, he said to them, what things? <laughs> so they said to him, the things concerning Jesus of Nazareth. He was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people. And how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death. And they crucified him. But we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, besides all this today is the third day since these things happened. Yes. And certain women of our company who arrived at the tomb early astonished us. When they did not find his body, they came saying they had also seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. And certain of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the woman had said. But him they did not see. And then they, he, he said to them, O foolish ones and slow of heart to believe, in all that the prophets have spoken, ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Family of God, your entire Bible you hold in your lap from Genesis to Revelation has one message. Jesus the Christ. He is weaved into every single story, every account, every prophecy. The whole message was for God to make Jesus known to you and to glorify him. And Jesus opens this up for them to see it. In verse 28, then they drew near to the village where they were going. I love this. He indicated that he would have gone further. 
But they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is far spent. He went in to stay with them. Now it came to pass, as he sat at the table with them, listen to this, this is amazing. He took bread, blessed and broke it, gave it to them. Their eyes were opened. They knew him, and he vanished from their sight. Ba-boom. Can you imagine what that must have done to them? Family of God, Jesus is moving in a realm that is beyond anything we could imagine in the natural. He is not limited to his physical body. He's not limited to physical place. He's not limited to physical time. He still is not. Neither are you. I said, neither are you. Time has no place. Time, we work and live within time, but time has no place in the kingdom of God. With God, everything is. When we see that and we start to live that way, we will experience all that God has for us. It's amazing that God, Jesus gave them bread. Well, bread we know signifies his own body. It signifies the word of God. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And their eyes were opened so that they may know him. When we receive the word of God, our eyes are open and we know him too. And what's he saying? You don't need to see me in the natural. You don't have to eat with me in the natural for now it is in a place where I will never leave you nor forsake you. No longer will the Holy Spirit just be with you, but he will be in you. He vanished from their sight. Now verse 32. I love this statement. They said to one another, Did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us on the road and while he opened the scriptures to us. Did our heart not burn within us? What they saying? They were just simply minding their own business, walking along the road one day and, and, and all of a sudden the stranger comes and stands next to them and asks them what's going on, what's happening, what you're talking about. And they like, well, Jesus, don't you know? He died and he rose. And they don't see him as Jesus. And then he begins to expand the scriptures. And it sounds to them, you can imagine, he has this man taking all the way from Moses and he's going through all the prophets and he's teaching about Jesus. They must have stood and listened and thought, this man is deep. This man knows a lot. And they did not yet see him as Jesus. But what they're saying here is, now that you mention it, now that we know who he was, while we were listening, something was happening in our inner man. Something was taking place. Our hearts burned within us. Jesus was alive. And we didn't even see it. But we felt it. We knew it. Jesus said in John chapter 6, verse 63, It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. 
The words that I speak to you are spirit and they life. His words are spirit and they are life. Family, the Word of God is not just written lines on a page. It's not just a recording of what people said. The Word of God is God. It is spoken by God. And the words that God speaks is not just God and His sound. It is literally God releasing Himself in those words. When you hear words spoken by God and it enters into your ear, you hear the audible sound. When it enters into your spirit, you receive the spiritual seed. But when you hear the word of God, it's not just your physical ears that hear it. Your spirit is uniting with God. Say, I wish I could hear the voice of God. Every time you read your Bible, it is God speaking. You may hear Pastor Allen's voice, but that's your audible ear. The Word has spirit life to it. That's why it's important to declare the Word of God to one another. Speak the Word of God. I've had people come and say, Pastor Alan, I'm sick. And I say, now let's stand in agreement. Let me tell you what the Word says. And I can see in their eyes going, yeah, I know what it says. Yes, amen. Yes, I know. I'm not informing you. I'm not trying to teach you. I'm not even trying to remind you. I am literally releasing words of life. I'm not just words of life. It is life. It is the healing power. It is the very anointing that removes burdens and destroys yokes. And if we would open our hearts to receive it at that level, to hear the word of God and say, I am receiving life. I'm receiving spirit. I'm receiving healing, deliverance, provision, protection. Everything I need is embedded in the word of God. That's what these disciples were experiencing. They're going, we should have known. We should have known. Why? This is not just another man talking to us. Something happened in our inner man. Verse 33 of Luke chapter 24. So they arose up that very hour and returned to Jerusalem and found the eleven and those who were with them and gathered together saying, The Lord is risen indeed. The Lord is risen indeed. The Lord is risen indeed. Come on, give Him praise. Say, my Lord is risen indeed. We saw the heart of God in our previous studies in Ezekiel chapter 36 to remind us, verse 26, I'll give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I'll take the heart of stone out of your flesh, give you a heart of flesh, and I'll put my spirit within you. I'll cause you to walk in my statutes. You will not keep my, you will keep my judgments and you'll do them. And then you shall dwell in the land that I give to your fathers. You shall be my people. I will be your God. Family, God's heart has always been to be our God. 
and us to be his family. That was his original plan. That was his original intent. We saw in Genesis chapter 17 how God made covenant with Abraham and the wording that he used in verse 7, I'll establish my covenant between me and your descendants after you in their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you. God to you and your descendants after you. Hallelujah. Family, God's heart and desire is not just to be a God that we serve religiously, but he wants to be God to you. What's that mean? Who is God? You study out the word, you find out he reveals himself in multifaceted ways. He has the name above every name. Those are the Hebrew letters, yad Hey vav Hey. We also know that he reveals himself in many different aspects as yad Hey vav Hey, we say Jehovah for easy way of speaking it, as Jehovah Raphael. That's his name. He is the healing God. He's Jehovah Jireh. That's the providing God. He's the God of victory, Jehovah Nissi. Every name reveals who he is. His very nature. In other words, he's not just the one who heals you. He is that healing. He's not just the one that provides for you. He is your provision. He's not just the one that saves you. He is the saving grace. He's not just God who loves you. He is love. And that nature, that who he is, it's like water saying, I want to wet you. All you have to do is get me on you, you'll be wet. I want to be God to you. In other words, I want to be healing. I want to be provision. I want to be protection. Just receive me. If I'm in you, you are healed. If I'm in you, you are provided. If I'm in you, you are protected. Come on, give him praise if you're getting a hold of that. And he said that would not only be to Abraham, but to all your descendants. We know Genesis 3.29 says, if you're Christ, then you are Abraham's seed. So God was talking to me when he was talking to Abraham. Remember verse 9, those who are of faith are blessed with believing Abraham. How's that possible? Look at verse 13. Galatians 3 verse 13. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Notice, we were cursed. Because we were born into a cursed world through a cursed generation all the way from Adam. But praise God, God set it up as a mystery. Remember 1 Corinthians 2 verse 7 says, Had the rulers of this world known, they would never have crucified the Lord, Lord of glory. But because of the great mystery hidden in the word of God, God wrote it that if anyone's hung on a tree, they take the full curse. Now, the thing is, Jesus didn't deserve to be on that cross. But through a mystery, he got on that cross and 
In that moment, he bore the entire curse. Whatever Satan would try to bring against you, he destroyed. In his death, he absorbed all sickness, all disease, all poverty, all lack, anything mentally that could possibly harm you, anything physically that could possibly harm you, and definitely everything spiritual was dealt with in that moment. And Jesus said, it is finished. And just the same way that anybody under a curse, anybody under sin, anybody that's in that place of sin, in the moment they die in that sin, they would land up separated from God for eternity. That's exactly what happened to Jesus when he said, it is finished. Finish. It's because it was all done. What were the words just before that? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Because in that moment, in all of eternity, just think about this. Jesus, who had no beginning and no end, has been with the Father for eternity. How long is that? Our minds can't even work it out. And this was the first moment in all of history he's now separated from the Father because of your and my sin. Separated. But he knew what the Word said. He trusted his Father. Even though I'm separated, the Word says, even though my soul goes down to hell, you won't leave me. You won't let me go. I know that you will come and fetch me. And he was prepared to give up life, die, and go to hell on your behalf. Pay the full price, the full satisfaction, what was required for sin to be paid for. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. That's not just physical death. Many people have died on a cross before. It wasn't just dying as a physical human. That death was the death Adam experienced in the garden. Separation from God. God said, the day you eat of that fruit, you will die. They ate the fruit. Their body kept living. What happened? The death was, Adam, where are you? I'm separated. But the moment Jesus experienced that separation, he recognized he is the seed. As we learned this morning, unless a seed falls in the ground and dies, it abides alone. But if it dies, it produces a great harvest. He was talking about himself. Because the moment he sensed the separation of God, he knew he had died spiritually. And in that moment, it was done. Sin can never touch a human again. If they choose to believe, they walk away from that. No human needs to experience sickness. No human needs to experience lack. Jesus paid the full price. And he could say, it is finished. Come on, give him praise. And at that moment, he released his last breath. He chose to do that. Breathed it out. And paid the price. Now, 
How do we even know that that did it? How do we know he paid the full price? Because Yah was a man who was innocent. The Bible says he was tempted in all things, yet without sin. And so he was held illegally. See, once again, it is a mystery. It's written. Everyone else that was in hell deserved to be there. They had to be there. And they would be there for eternity. But Jesus was there innocently. That one loophole in the law, Satan did not account for. Because once sin had been paid for, once the father was satisfied, that sin had been dealt with on that cross. He could call out of heaven as it's recorded in Hebrews, Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. And he speaks to Jesus. And the Holy Spirit is dispatched from heaven and enters into the bowels of that earth, into the very place of hell and enters into that spirit of Jesus and once again life enters back into him and Jesus is born again the firstborn among many brethren he was called the only begotten but now he's called the firstborn first means there's a second third fourth but in everything he has preeminence and in that place, he rises up and he takes the keys of hell, death itself, and makes an open public spectacle of Satan. And rises up and walks out of the realms of death, proving sin could not hold him. The curse could not hold him. It's in his resurrection that is proof that you were saved. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 12. If Christ is preached that he has been raised from the dead, how do some of you say there's no resurrection of the dead? See, people were already starting to question, did he really? rise maybe that's just a myth you know i mean technically if he died for our son he doesn't have to really come back we can still serve him that's what they were saying because they were reasoning to the natural mind how can a dead person after three days come back and today a lot of people want to serve god but still hold on to their physical natural reasoning try and explain god in everything and trying to say you know you know trying to match science with the bible Family, the word of God is way ahead of all science. And yeah, already they were saying, well, you know, if he, if, even if he died and, and you know, still they just hid his body and he didn't really rise from the dead, we can still serve him. You know, we can still be Christians. And Paul's challenging this. He says, some of you are saying there's no resurrection. Now listen to verse 13. But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is empty. And your faith is also empty. 
Yes, and we are found to be false witnesses of God because we have testified of God that He raised up Christ whom He did not raise up, if in fact the dead do not rise. For if the dead do not rise, then Christ is not risen. Now listen to this. If Christ is not risen, then your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. If Christ is not risen, then the payment was not made. Then also those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. In other words, if you die, you're dead, you're in the grave, just dust, no more. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men the most pitiable. In other words, you can believe in Christ till you die, but then you're dead anyway. But now, Christ is risen from the dead and has become the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since by man came death, by man also came the resurrection of the dead. Come on, give your Jesus praise. The very fact that you born again, the very fact that you saved is because Jesus did come back from life. How many of you can look at your life and you can say for a fact, I know I tried religion, I was raised religiously and I've been to churches and I've been to, you know, gone through the religious things. But how many you know it didn't change you? You, you still wanted to do what you always did. You still want to live. Come on, how have you admit to that? But when I look at my life and you realize if it was not for Christ, where would I be today? The fact that I received Jesus as my Lord and my Savior, something burned within my heart and I am not the same man. I'm a born again man. I'll never be the same again. Something lives within me. Someone lives within in me. I'm constrained to follow His Word. I desire to be in His presence. I've seen His power of His resurrection. I've seen the glory of His Word. I've seen the manifestation of His grace. I've seen miracles, signs and wonders. There's enough to say this man lives today because Christ is risen from the dead. Your life is testimony to a living Christ. You know there are things that you could not do in the natural. If, if I lived my life and everybody could say, well, that's because of this and that's that scientific law and that's that decision and this is economically right and, you know, if everything you do can be explained, well, then... Where's Christ? When someone looks at your life and they see you and there's a part of your life that they look at and they say, if it was not for God, that is testimony to a risen Lord. How many of you know in your life you have something that you look at and say, if it was not for God. Can I see your hand? Keep the hand and say, I am testimony to a risen Christ. He is your God. 
You are His children. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. What agreement has the temple of God with idols? You are the temple of the living God. And God said, I will dwell in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they will be my people. So come out from among them. Be separate, says the Lord. Don't touch what is unclean. I'll receive you. I'll be a father to you. And you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Revelation 21, 6. Jesus said, it is done. It is done. This is the resurrected Christ speaking here. I am the Alpha and the Omega. I am the beginning and the end. And I'll give the fountain of the water of life freely to him who thirsts. And he who overcomes shall inherit all things. I'll be his God and he shall be my son. Family, we serve a risen Lord. He is your God. You are his child. And you've inherited all things. Can you give him praise today? Give the risen Jesus praise. Come on, let's stand to our feet. Let's give him praise. Let's give him honor. Come on, lift your voice and give him glory, 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 glory. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Family of God, we serve a risen Christ. That is proof all sin is paid for. Don't let the enemy ever hold you against that. You try, if he tries to bring something on you, you just confess it. The moment you confess it, he's faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. And then you point him to your lawyer, your advocate. You got anything more to say? Go speak to my risen Savior. Amen. Everything you desire in life, whether it be healing or provision or protection, whatever you need, you speak to the living Christ that dwells within you. He is alive, family. He is alive. Praise God. Don't you recognize that as you live your life for Christ, you are Satan's worst reminder of that mistake he made back on Good Friday. What was I because now you are walking with Christ in you. He thought he had Christ in one body. Kill the body, that should get rid of it. Next moment, we began multiplying. Today there are millions of us carrying resurrected life within us. Come on, give Jesus praise. And the good news, there is another resurrection coming. When you leave this earth, should Jesus tarry and you have to go via the grave, they'll put your body in the grave and you will go up to be with him. Jesus, Paul said, absent from the body, present with the Lord. 
And then on that last final day when that trumpet is blown, when it's time for time to come to an end, he will return and there will be another resurrection. All those that believe, each and every one of us will rise right back up and enter into our bodies once again. Amen. And live with him for eternity. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus.